reach out to us. I'm excited for that as well. Uh, but go with me to the book of John chapter 3. And we're going to read 8 verses. Verses 1 through 8. When you have that, just say amen with me. And look at the word of God reads. It, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that comes from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. For the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You know, it's interesting how many times we ignore what God is trying to speak to us just because we do not understand it. And it's not that we do not understand the words, but that the words do not make any sense because our perspective is carnal. And it's not that the words are wrong, that the Lord is speaking to us, it's not a language we do not understand because God speaks to us according to our knowledge. He'll never speak to you out of your maturity. Amen? God speaks to us according to our maturity. So when God speaks to us, He wants to talk to us so that we would understand, to, understand Him. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord ministers to us. It reveals to us according to our maturity. And so it's not that the words that God is using to speak to us is wrong or it's another language. But it is because that in our sense, we have not having the capacity of understanding God. I believe this was the issue with Nicodemus. Jesus had told him to be born again. The word born again... It wasn't as if Nicodemus did not know what born meant and again meant. He knew exactly what born again meant. But his context was a carnal perspective and not a spiritual perspective. Something that he understood because he understood birth. But he did not understand it because he was already old. That's why he said, can someone being old enter into the womb again and be born? So the Bible says that he marveled. Why? Because his perspective and condition was carnal and not spiritual. Unfortunately, many are like this today in the church. Carnal and not 
spiritual. You know, Nicodemus actually came to talk about the kingdom of God. Did you know that? He came to Jesus to conversate about the kingdom of God. And Jesus interrupts him after Nicodemus says and declares that Jesus was sent from God. And Jesus basically told Nicodemus, the thing is, this is the problem, Nicodemus. You, can, you cannot see the kingdom of God except you've been born again. Now here is a Pharisee who is religious to his fingertips. This is a Pharisee who is religious to his fingers, fingertips. His feet didn't even lift off the ground. A part of the Sanhedrin. He was the one that uh, was a judge over the Jewish people. In those days, let me just give you a kind of a, like an understanding of what um, Pharisees were like. You see, the Roman government gave the Jewish community an ability to enforce some form of authority within their community. So I would basically put it like this. The Roman government said, within the Jewish community, you guys can enforce some authority. That is why when they took Jesus and they said, crucify him, they had to get the final okay from the Roman authority because death was the ultimate uh, uh, paying a price for a crime. And so they had to get the final okay from the Roman government to be able to authorize the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, within their community, they were given some easeability to be able to enforce their beliefs system within their Jewish culture. And so the Sanhedrins or the Pharisees were those that ruled or judged over the Jewish people. Nicodemus was a part of that Sanhedrin membership. He had the authority to enforce rules. He had the authority to judge the consequences of those that uh, went against the rules. And if anybody ever complained to the Roman government, they would say, you guys deal with it, that is within your guys' jurisdiction. Now when it came to death, that was out of their jurisdiction. The last person to declare for death was the Roman government. And so Nicodemus came in the nighttime. I believe he came in the nighttime because he did not want to see, be seen associating with Jesus Christ. Especially associating with Jesus Christ with faith in him. So he was afraid of the consequences of being part of the Pharisee membership, the Sanhedrin membership, and associating with one that was causing trouble amongst their rules. Jesus, you got to understand, Jesus was calling them hypocrites. <laughs> you know, Jesus was calling them out on lies and calling them fake and calling them people that stole from the people. And all of a sudden, you have Nicodemus high up in that authority coming to Jesus and saying, you are the Son of God. Because if you aren't the Son of God, some of, uh, someone like you would not be able to do the miracles that you're doing if God was not with him. You got to understand something. He was displaying faith. So I believe that there was a fear in Nicodemus to be able to turn, against, uh, turn his back against, you know, basically all that he believed in. The, the sect, you know, the, the, the rules and regulations of the Pharisees, the religion, religiosity. And Jesus basically told him, this is the problem with you, Nicodemus. You will never be able to see the kingdom 
unless you've been born again. You know, and, and so what was Jesus doing here? He was getting Nicodemus to drop the mask. He was ridding Nicodemus of all of his earthly titles. You know, the, the mask of being a Pharisee, but not only a, the mask of being a Pharisee, but also the mask of being a ruler of the Jews. These were his titles. He was a judge of the Jewish people. And we will never see the kingdom of God unless we are ridded of ourselves, church. Come on, somebody. You will never see the kingdom of God unless you rid of yourself. You are ridded of yourself. Unless you are stripped of everything of yourself. Understand, but more in this way. We must be ridded of our flesh. We must be stripped of our teachings. We must be stripped of our habits. We must be stripped of our ways. We must be stripped of our rules and regulations, our do's and don'ts. To be born again must mean that we come to the Lord just as we are as an open book, undone before God. Undone of your street thoughts. Undone of your fam familial teachings. Undone of everything that you have declared as a credo of yourself. We must come, come undone before Him who is the Son of God. And you know, Nicodemus was saying, what do you mean being born again? Can a man enter the womb again? He couldn't understand it because he was still holding on to something that he did not, was not rid of himself. And you know, he was still a ruler of the Jews. What are you still a ruler of? That hinders what God is trying to show you in your life. Let me ask you that question. What are you still a ruler of? What are you still adhering to? What are you still holding on to that is hindering what God is trying to show you? Are you still holding on to idols? Are you still holding on to the way of reasoning in the world? Is there still in you dishonesty? What are some things that you are still holding on to like Nicodemus was that when God speaks to you, you are oblivious to what God is telling you? Because there are things that you are not ridding yourself of. You are not coming before God as an open book, undone, so that God would teach you how to be born again. We, we sometimes come into the Lord with all of these habits. And all of these traditional, religious, traditional ways. You know, um, I believe in medicine. Somebody say medicine. But there are a lot of freaky stuff that the, we used to do in the world. You know, for medicine. Some broke eggs under their bed and <laughs> some, I don't know, to put they they also rub stuff on their feet and put socks on and, and, and slept like that and or burning herbs and incense and sage and what demonic stuff. And and now when the Lord says, By faith you are healed, you, you still have this mentality that there's still something that you can do to, to be healed. When it's just simply by faith. What are the things that you are still ruler of that's hindering what God is trying to show you? And it's interesting because when God tries to talk to you, all of a sudden you're confused as if what God is saying is a new, total new language. You don't understand it. It's gibberish to you. It's so simple, but yet so complicated. You know, and we need to start ridding ourselves of our flesh. 
We need to start ridding ourselves of our traditions. The little santitos you carry inside your wallet, you need to burn them up. You know, the, the little things we carry and we, we call good luck, it ain't no good luck. You know, the Lord is trying to teach us a way of being born again. And you know what, just let me say this. You cannot be born again. You will never see the kingdom of God unless you are rid of yourself. The Bible says that we must decrease so that He may increase. Amen? Where aren't you decreasing, not allowing the Lord to increase? Where aren't you dying where the Lord can be raised up in your life? Amen? Oh, pastor, man, that hurt. But you'll never see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. You'll never see the kingdom of God. What mama and papa taught, you ain't never going to see the kingdom unless you are born again. I don't, I don't stand upon what mama and papa taught me. I stand on what the word says. Amen? I stand on what the word says. There are a lot of things now that I truly understand I, by reading the word of God, the word of truth. And sometimes we're so stuck in tradition, we say no to the Holy Spirit and we say more better to the traditions. Say better to the traditions of men, better to the traditions of family, better to the traditions of what we learn. And it's hindering what God is trying to teach us. The Spirit of the Lord has been trying to catch your attention, but because you're so stuck on being a ruler of something still, you're missing the revelation of God. And you cannot be born again. Some of us are not getting over our addictions because you cannot be born again. You're not opening yourself up to see what God's trying to teach you. No, you're still going back to your vomit, going back to your garbage because you are not releasing, letting go of yourself and letting God teach you how to be born again. Hallelujah. You want victory in your life? Forget about yourself. You want to be an overcomer in this life in Jesus Christ? Forget about yourself. Surrender to the Lord, not seeking what formula. Just surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. He will teach you. And when you say, Pastor, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to defend myself. Well, Luke chapter 21 says, you know, don't write for yourself a defense. I will give you the words that you are to say. I will show you what to do. And if only we would just rely on what God is trying to do in our lives, we could see the kingdom of God. We will be able to see the kingdom of God, but you will never be able to see the kingdom of God. Just as Nicodemus said, what do you mean be born again? Can a man enter the womb again and be born? Has the Spirit spoken to you and you're just so thrown off you don't understand it? Just, just understand this. The Spirit didn't tell you something that's unknown or another language. The Spirit has talked to you and because you are still stuck in your flesh and not in the Spirit, you cannot understand what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to tell you. And, you know, I, I want to just point this first point out and write this down. Nicodemus said in chapter 3, verses 4, John 3, 4, he says, How can? Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? You know, the Greek word for again, used here, is anothen, anoten, or another, anothen, which means from above. Nicodemus marveled because all he could think about was a physical birth explanation. He immediately dropped the condescending mask of Pharisees 
and humbled himself and he humbly asked the Lord, how can this be? Jesus was not talking about a physical birth. He was talking about a spiritual rebirth. Little Nicky, come on, somebody say little Nicky. Could not understand it. Little Nicky was confused. <laughs> little Nicholas. Little Nico. Little Nicky was confused when Jesus said, you must be born again if you want to see the kingdom of God. He was like, what are you talking about? Can a man enter the womb, uh, the mother's womb, his mother's womb again and be born again? Is that what you're saying? You're saying, you missed it. In other words, sete volo. It, it passed over your head, Nicodemus. You missed the point. Why? Because your mind is still set on the things on the earth. Your mind is still set on traditions of man. Your mind is still set on the flesh. And as long as it is still set on the flesh, you'll never understand the spiritual things of God. Some of you aren't set free because your mind is still set on the flesh. Some of you are still calling out for God and saying, God, I, I want to be free in this time of my life. I want to be set free in these addictions. I want to be set free in this type of thinking. I want to be set free, you know, in this uh, depression of my life. God says, unless you are born again, unless you are ridden of yourself. He says, how can I? He said, I'm going to tell you how. By ridding yourself, getting rid of you. How many times do we not com comprehend what God is speaking to us because we are so full of ourselves? We are so full of our traditions. We are so full of our own religion. We lack spiritual capacity to comprehend the word of truth. You know, for example, it's kind of like telling someone all of the functions and the features of an iPhone and they have an Android. <laughs> Who still has an Android? I pray you're saved. Sister D just got converted, if I'm correct. But I remember when the iPhone just had barely come out and then all of a sudden they introduced iMessage and FaceTime and you told somebody, hey, you know, um, do you have iMessage? iMessage, what's iMessage? And you told somebody, hey, FaceTime me. FaceTime you? I got an Android still. Then the cloud. Oh, just upload it to the cloud. The cloud, what are you talking about, the cloud? You know, it's, it's, this is kind of like the example because, you know, it's like a whole other language trying to get them to understand. You know, but I don't blame them because they're educated with another software. Come on, church. They're educated with another software. And those in the flesh, the carnal mind, have another software. Come on. They got another software. When you tell them they must be born again, they say, what are you talking about? You talk to somebody that's never been church. You talk to somebody that's never been in the Word. You talk to somebody that's never, you know, given their heart to Jesus. And, and you tell them, to be saved, you must dedicate your heart to the Lord. And if you want to be saved, you got to believe by faith. They're like, what are you talking about? This is gibberish. What do you mean by faith? Or how about this one? When, when you tell somebody, you know, if you want to obey, it has to be God's power in you. What are you saying? So what are you saying, that I don't have any power? And you tell them, no, you're no good <laughs> to do good things. The only good one is God. Are you understanding what? The only good is God. 
And they're like, what are you talking about? Why? Because their mind has been set on the flesh and the things of the spirit are, you know, it's just confusing to them. This is why it's so important to be connected to the word. This is why it's so important to be, you know, in the spirit, to live life in the spirit. Why? Because this world is feeding us with fleshly, carnal thinking. It is feeding us with carnal ways. It's feeding us with carnal habits. But, you know, when we keep our mind set on the spirit, come on, somebody, bless the name of the Lord. When we keep our mind on God, the world ain't never going to understand. They'll never understand why I'm strengthened in my praise. They'll never understand why the spirit has given me power. They'll never understand on how the word has shown me the signs of Jesus coming back. They'll never understand on how it is enough by faith in his righteousness they'll never understand they'll, they'll, they'll always it'll always be complex to them always be complex I don't blame people that say you know it, it's, it's too hard to understand that's why Jesus you know he turned to his disciples his disciples said boy this is a hard saying and he looked to them and he said do you guys want to turn also and go Jesus had just said to them I am the bread of life he was basically telling them, you got to eat this bread. They were like, what are you talking? You're telling me we got to bite your arm? <laughs> we got to bite your arm? No, Jesus said, you missed it. <laughs> How many times the Lord speaks to you and, and you miss it? Why? Because your mind is more on the flesh than it is the spirit. And there you go week after week after week in the flesh and in the flesh and in the flesh. And the Spirit of God is trying to catch your attention. But because your mind is set on things of the flesh, you'll never understand the things of the Spirit. That's today's world today. We only want to be emotionally stabilized and not word stabilized. You understand how to shake your hands and cry and, you know, feel good in the Spirit of the Lord. But you don't understand truth. Did you know word of truth is freedom for the believer? And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Understand this. Nicodemus said, I know that you are the son of God. Or I know that God is with you. Because if God was not with you, you would not be able to do these things. Just understand this church. We ought to be established in the word of truth. The word of truth is the strength for the believer. The word of truth is freedom for the believer. It's the word of truth. How many emotional Christians are there? I wonder if they're saved. Only the Lord will know that. Only the Lord will know that. Only the Lord will know that. But there are so many emotional Christians getting baptized ten, ten times. Come on. Right? They tried every denomination in the book. Why is it? They don't know where to be. They're not found. They're not found. And then finally they say they're found when something they like is said. Jesus was telling Nicodemus, you'll never see the kingdom unless you're born again. He was like, huh? What do you mean? Can a man enter the womb of his mother again and be born again? Jesus was like, Nicodemus, I wouldn't expect you to understand. Your mind is set on the things of the flesh. Church, your mind needs to be set on the things of the spirit. On the things that are above. Come on. Set your mind not on the things of this earth. But set your mind on the things that are above. Colossians chapter 3. Set your mind on the things that are above. 
If I gave you a test of the world, you'd ace it. But if, I, if God gave you a test of his spirit, you'd fail. Oh, man. Oh, Pastor, that hurt. If, 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 if God gave you a test of the things of this world, man, you'd ace the test. You'd know all the slang. You'd know all of the, 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 the ways to dress. But when it came to the clothing and the knowledge and the wisdom and the spirit of God, you'd fail the test. It's because this world is so embedded on trying to get, keep our minds to, uh, you know, grab onto our thoughts and grab onto our ways to reteach us. But, you know, the one that is guided by the Spirit is revealed the secrets of God. Him that lives by the Spirit is revealed the secrets of God. So many people that, you know, they, they, they think that it's just so deep in reality. It's like, you know, brother, you need to deepen your wisdom in God. They start talking about anointing, like anointing's this word of that just barely came out, barely yesterday, anointing. They've been saved for 20 years, and it's the first time they use the word anointing. <laughs> anointing, oh my God, anointing. Anointing's been around a long time. It just comes to tell me that you've been letting it slip over your head. And how much is the church unaware we are oblivious to the move of God. We are oblivious to the move of God. Why? Because we want to still hold on to our traditions. Rid yourself of your traditions. You are never going to have a personal relationship if it is not one-on-one, -on -one, you with God. He was telling Nicodemus, if you want this relationship to work, if you want what you just said to be real, rid yourself of the Pharisee title. Rid yourself of the ruler of the Jews title and just come as you are before me. And I will teach you how to be born again. I will teach you. Don't come to God and say, this is what I learned and this is what I learned about you. No, shut up. Just come before God and say, God, I don't know nothing, God. <laughs> I don't know anything, Lord, but I'm here. If you're willing to teach me, I will be right here. I'll be right here. Teach me. I'm right here. And so I want you to understand, it's not as if Nicodemus did not understand. He truly believed in what being born meant, but he did not understand what, what being born again meant. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 declares, the natural man does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually Discern. Somebody say spiritually discern. Somebody say spiritually discern. Nicodemus said, how can a man? How can a man? And he said, you'll never understand it until, until you are spiritually discerning of them. And what did he say to understand how to uh, be born again? He said, you have to be born of the water and the spirit only for you to see the kingdom of God. Born of the water. Born of the spirit. For you to be born again. This is what born again means. John chapter 3 verse 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. How many believe that? How many believe that? You say, Pastor, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be born of the water and of the spirit? He wasn't talking about the difference between a natural birth and a spiritual birth. Because some recall that the, 
being born of the water is kind of like, you know, how a baby is inside of the womb with water or that fluid. And then of the spirit, meaning, you know, also being born of God's word. No. He wasn't talking about the difference between natural birth and spiritual birth, but he was talking about how a man could be born from above. Somebody say from above. Or born again. The previous chapter 2, if you read all of chapter 2 of, of John, it declared to us that the water is symbolic for the word of God. The water symbolizes the word of God. But also in John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in the truth, for your word is truth. Amen. But if you also go with John chapter 15, verse 3, Jesus also declared, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Look at how the word of God is used as cleansing. Look at how the word of God is used as water. The word is likened unto water again and again. So when I see the portion of scripture that we just read, I believe it means that one must be born again by the Holy Spirit in the using of scripture. One must be born of water and of the spirit. Referred to the spirit of God using the word of God. Without this, no one can enter the kingdom of God. One must be born of the Spirit and by the using of Scripture. This is very doctrinally important. Because you cannot be saved by my philosophy. The only way man will be saved unless they hear the gospel message. I cannot give you my remedies. I cannot give you the sage on the feet. I cannot give you the mint, you know, rubbing, you know, all of that stuff. No, what I got to give you is the word. And see, this is what the world doesn't want. They want formulas. They want opinions. But they don't want the word no more. They don't want the word anymore. And just understand this. He said, I have given you my word. I've given you my word and because of it you are sanctified. You are cleansed. And understand this. One cannot be born again unless the spirit of God has manifested in that person's life by the using of scripture of the word of God. And it's so very important that we draw people into the presence of God but we give them word. Because without word they will not be set free. Without word, they will not be set free. Uh, let me say it again. Without the word of God, they will not be set It's at the word of God that people are set free. You ought to get excited about this because that's for you to say, you know, whether man fails or whether man succeeds, it's the word of truth that will prevail. And so you understand this. For man to be saved, they have to be impacted by two things, the spirit of God and the word of God. The spirit of God and the word of God. For without it, can enter the kingdom of God. How many today are born again by philosophy? New age emotionalism. Because of trend. The word of truth has not been accepted. It's emotionalism what I see today. Not doctrinal foundation of word. Emotionalism. Emotionalism. It's emotionalism. We call it revival. We call it a cry. But I call it emotionalism. Because when the pandemic is done... And when many people get their political people in office, they'll stop worshiping God. Come on, I said it. I said it. <laughs> when they finally get the president they want, they'll stop crying out to God. It's kind of like what the people of Israel did. 
They were set free and then they went back to their vomit. When the word of truth is not in your life, there's no change. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Pastor, why don't you go to that, you know, that worship, you know, the, 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 here at the, the, the hall, the city hall. No, I don't go where there's emotion. I don't like to go where there's names. I want to be where Jesus is at. Not where everybody wants to be at. Where they put a pool out there and they're baptizing people by the hundreds, but nobody's going to church after. Come on, get angry with me. I love it. Let's get angry a little bit. I love to be, you be frustrated with me because I want to tell you the truth. That's not Bible there. We're baptizing them by the hundred, but we're not sending them to churches where they can be founded in the word. Look at this. They're not being founded in the word. Not being founded. We leave them on the street. We leave them in their misery. We leave them. We don't connect with them. Look, look, at, look at the false in all of this. No wonder I wonder if many are saved because the moment you tell them, hey, you need to get plugged into a church, they get bent out of shape as if it's, uh, you know, they're, it's like gibberish. What are you talking about plugged into a church? You got to tithe, man. You know, hey, be faithful in tithe. What are you talking about tithe? Oblivious. But if you tell them the spirit of the Lord is on you and the spirit of God and they're there, like if they know the word from Genesis to Revelation. But once you start getting into the truth of the person of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden it starts uh, getting rigid against their traditions. Starts rubbing against all of what they learned from childhood. It's not the Jesus they know. And Jesus came to Nicodemus and he said, you'll never see the kingdom unless you are ridded of yourself. You must be born of the spirit, born of water and of the spirit to see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is saying, well, what does this mean? In other words, Nicodemus, I want you naked before me with nothing of yourself before me so that I may teach you how to be born again. Which leads me to how Nicodemus marveled. Look at John 3, 6 and 7 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus told him, don't marvel that I said you must be born again. Let me say that God does not intend to change the flesh. Hallelujah. God does not intend to change the flesh. Meaning the old nature which you and I have. How many have flesh? Right? God is not intending to change the flesh, church. This is the fact that we must face. That it cannot be changed. The word of God has so much to say... But I will briefly touch on it. But did you know that the old nature is at war with God actually? Romans 8, 7 and 8 declares, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Amen? That's word. Somebody say word of God. Amen? For it does not submit to God's law. Look what it says about the flesh. It will not submit to God's law. It cannot. Look at it. It doesn't even have the ability to submit to God's law. It cannot. Those who are in the flesh... Cannot, look at this, those who are in the flesh, somebody say, say it pastor, say it. Those who are in the flesh, say it, say, say it pastor. Say it. Cannot please God. Cannot please God. <laughs> those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Every time you're in the flesh, you're not pleasing God. 
Every time you're functioning in the flesh, you're not pleasing God. You can't please God. The flesh cannot please God. Do we understand this? So God has no program for our old nature. He doesn't want to retrieve it. He doesn't want to improve it. <laughs> he doesn't want to even salvage it. He doesn't want to develop it. There's nothing to be developed. It's doomed. Your flesh is doomed. Amen. He doesn't even want to save it. He doesn't want to rewrite it. He doesn't want to reformat it. Your flesh has to go down in the grave. The old nature is to go down in the grave with us. Look at this. Some say, well, what if Jesus returns before I go down into the grave? While the Bible declares that we are to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Which means that we, at that moment, God will get rid of our old nature at the lifting of the church. And understand this. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and is contrary to God and cannot obey God. God does not intend to save the flesh at all. The old nature must be replaced by the new nature. And the spiritual birth is necessary so that you and I may be given a new nature, church. And let me finish by saying, being reborn again is not a science formula. John 3, 7 and 8 says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Now look at this, I love this part, because Jesus tells Nicodemus, he says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now you're probably saying, what does that mean, Pastor? I'll, I'll explain it to you, what Jesus meant there. Jesus is saying here, you can't tell where the wind comes from, and you can't tell where it's going, right? The air currents and the winds are something man still does not have the power to control. The wind blows where it wills. We cannot detour it. Neither can we change it. Interestingly, we can't control the wind. But we can surely tell when the wind is blowing. Now look at this. If you, we both go and stand outside and you ask me, the wind is blowing. And I respond by saying, how do you know the wind is blowing? And you say, Look at the tree up there. See how the leaves are blowing and notice how the tree is bending over. I know the wind is blowing. There are signs and there are experiences and there are things that God does to display that the wind is blowing. But we neither know where it comes from or where it is going. We can tell that the wind is blowing by what we see. I can't explain to you the spiritual birth. And I want to be honest with you. I don't know how it happens. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I don't know how it happens. Because all of a sudden, you've got some, some guy that's gone to church 40 times, but all of a sudden, he's set free in one service. I don't know how it happens. A man's been going to church his whole life, unsaved. And all of a sudden, he's at the remate, and the Spirit of the Lord touches him there, and his life changes at the cherry market. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> Pastor, is there a formula? I, I don't know. God has the timing and God has the place. Right? If you tell me, Pastor, can you explain to me what is the temperature? 
What is the climate and the temperature of which the Spirit of God moves? I'd say, I don't know. It can be 108 one day and 65 degrees the other day. I mean, people get saved in Alaska and it is below zero there. Don't, don't try to have me explain how God does things. And I want to be, just be real with you. I don't know that. I will never be able to answer that. But one thing I will be able to say is that I know when God is moving. I can feel when the Spirit of God is moving. I can't tell you how it's happening. I can't tell you, you know, wh how it's taking place or what is the formula or what God has decided. But I, I know when God's Spirit is moving. I know when the Spirit of the Lord is present in a place. I know when somebody is telling me deep down in their heart that they love Jesus or when they, they've just gotten used to it. There, there's just something about the fruit of the Spirit that makes it certain that it is God. And you see, this is what the church has lost today. We say we are born again, but we don't recognize the Spirit. We say we are born again, but we don't recognize where the wind, you know, when the wind is present. We say that we are born again, but we don't feel the anointing. We say we are born again, but we miss church. We say that we are born again, but we don't take the things of God serious. We say that we are born again, but we marvel when God does miracles. We say that we are born again, but we're, it's just like gibberish at times. We say we're born again, but we're still confused. At a, we still reject truth. We're born again, but we're still rejecting the word of truth. How can you be born again and reject the word of truth? Romans eleven thirty three through 36 says, The depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How untraceable are his ways. I love that. How untraceable are his ways. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has first given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Job eleven seven nine 9 declares, Can you fathom the deep things of God? Or discover the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. And Job, it says, what can you do? <laughs> they are deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Look at that. Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. But I love John 3.30. If you read the last verses of this chapter 3. And we'll get there right now. I only want to focus, focus on one verse, and that's verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. Now, I want you to know this. It is not he must increase so that, he, he must increase so that I may decrease. No. It's not a so that. It is a choice of surrendering. One does not happen at the effect of another. Listen, one does not happen at the effect of another. I don't decrease in myself so that I might increase, he might increase. Because it is nothing I do that Christ increases in me. I decrease because I am a failure in myself. And he increases because I am an empty vessel that needs filling. And it's not until you are fully, decisively, 
submitted to emptying of yourself that he decides to fill you up with himself. To be born again does not mean I decrease and then he starts to increase. Because a lot of people like to what? Less TV and then they feel a little bit of the spirit of God and then go back to TV. <laughs> this is not like an off and on switch. God knows when you're playing the harlot. He knows when you're trying to put one foot in and one foot out. And there are times where you feel so dry because the Lord knows you still want a lick of both sides. And there you are in the desert, in a mirage. And God says, do you truly want to be born again? Yes, God, I'm tired of this life. You want to be born again? You must be rid of yourself. But look what verses 30 through 36 says. And I finish with these verses here. How many thank God for his word tonight? Verse 30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. Look at what Jesus, look at his words here. He who is not of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what we have seen, what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. The wrath of God remains on him. He must increase and I must decrease. It is a decision that we make. It is a decision that we make. Everybody desires to be born again. We all desire to be born again. We all desire, we all have it as a goal to see the kingdom of God. We all have that desire. But it will never happen. You will never see the kingdom of God unless you are ridding you of yourself. We need to rid ourselves of the carnal thinking. Now you say, Pastor, I woke up today and carnal came out. I didn't say carnal won't come out. <laughs> I'm saying when it does appear, there must be a true repentance to say, I must rid myself of this. You know, thank God that God allowed that failure to come out to light. Because then now you are aware of what God wants to change. Look at this. Your failure and the flesh and the carnal mind came out to light. Not because you thought of it. But because the spirit of God is bringing out to light darkness in you. 
So you might say, well, man, I hate this because it's still in me. I still want. No. It's because God cannot leave you the same. It's, that's the reason why it seems like there's a magnifying glass on you every day. Because God is not pleased with you staying the same. Because if he was pleased with you staying the same, you'd be on the highway to hell. You'd be on the highway to hell. But because he is not pleased with leaving us the same, things come out to light. But as things come out to light, what we are doing, God is giving us the opportunity to decrease at that moment. Because what he was doing to Nicodemus, he was breaking down his public figure with what he was ministering to him. He wasn't just giving him these loaded questions to trick him. No, what he was doing was breaking down his public figure. He broke down first that he was a Pharisee. And he said, how can this be? And then he broke down that he was a ruler of the Jews. If you go on to the rest of this chapter, you'll see on how Nicodemus goes on to even fight for Jesus in the end. You know, Nicodemus was one of the ones that said, how can we judge Jesus without giving him a fair trial? You have to understand that God was doing something in the life of Nicodemus because he was allowing the Spirit of God to be revealed in his life. God to be revealed in him. And we stop what God is trying to do in our lives when we get in the way. Quit getting in the way of God. Quit getting in the way of what God's trying to show you. Quit allowing it to go over your head because you're so full of yourself. Why don't you say, Lord, thank you that you showed me this. Instead of saying, no, that's not the word. No, no, no. Shh. Say, thank you, Lord, that you showed me this. Now, God, now direct my eyes, direct my ears, direct my spirit. That if this is your word, that it would be applied in my spirit, my life. And you'll see the Lord begin to work by reminding, because he's a counselor, but he's a reminder of the word. You might not have a verse, then all of a sudden God sends you somewhere that will be the winning point to that change in your life. But if you're not giving way to the Holy Spirit, you'll never be changed. You'll always remain the same with habits. Always remain the same with your traditions. Always remain the same in your thinking. And we literally have to come before God Ridded of ourselves if we want to see the kingdom.